Hi, everyone, and welcome to Successful Style, the style podcast about stylish people. And I am Lance Avery Morgan. And I am Rob Giardinelli. And today we are coming to you from San Antonio, Texas at the Hotel Valencia. And we are here with the one and only Zilali Herrera Salazar. Thank, thank you, you for being here. Well, thank you for having me. I love being here, and this hotel is fabulous. Isn't so this great? It's great well, to talk about success and style in, in, inside this fabulous building. So that's yes. right. And we're remembering the Alamo, which is just blocks away. Just blocks <laughs> away. <laughs> I love it. We're historical. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Historical. Well, three, 300 years historical. Exactly. And then we'll get hysterical. Yes, right. that right. too. Yeah. Well, you know, we were talking earlier about how Rob loves to make some guests cry. Not intentionally, but right. they just cry. So uh-huh. we're going to reveal all and pull back the layers of Zilali today. And if she cries, maybe if she doesn't, that's okay too, right? Of course, it's quite all right. At the end of the day, it's all about being our, our true authentic self. That's right. Absolutely. And revealing it and being proud of it. So excited to be here with you guys. Someone's been watching Oprah Winfrey. I know. Yeah. Maybe a lot of Oprah and a huge fan, but just don't turn to Dr. Phil, okay? Oh, no. <laughs> I know. That's a whole separate podcast. Right there. Did you ever see? Did you ever watch Mad TV back in the day? Oh yes. So did you see the the one sketch that they did where she made Doctor Phil go into his cage? Oh yeah. <laughs> that is absolutely one of the, fun, one of the funniest sketches. Well, ever. there's some chairs here. We might be able yeah. to create a little barrier. We could well, perhaps. That's funny. That's so <laughs> funny. When I was no, you're Lally, nice. You've been in San Antonio for a while. Yes, going on 13 years now. And you, and you came here from Dallas. Came here from Dallas. And you were originally from Mexico. Well, my parents are from Chihuahua, Mexico. Yes. Yes, um, which, very proud. I like to say that's why we're tall, is because we're from Chihuahua. I Chihuahua. Um, I Chihuahua. <laughs> that's also why I have three Chihuahua dogs, because I'm very, very proud yes, of the state. Yes, please. Um, but yes, actually, I was born in West Texas, and then we moved to Granbury, Texas, which is a small B&B community outside of Fort Worth. Yeah. And it was a great transition, but needless to say, um, I always probably stood out with my fashion sense even when I was a little girl. You're a big city girl. <laughs> um, so it's kind of funny that I had to move to the big city pretty quickly. Now, I would say that fashion sense is an understatement. Oh, you're saying? You're considered to be one of the most stylish women within, I don't know, 200 mile square radius of oh, San Antonio. You are very, very I believe that to, to be very that. true. That means a lot coming to, from you. It's true. Thank you. It's true. You got it going on. Well, I will tell you that what's funny is I would, when I was little, um, they thought I wasn't going to talk. I really didn't say my first word till I was almost four. Why were really? Oh, yes. I made up for it <laughs> since then. Um, and my mother has stories and um, pictures of me. But when I was little, if I did not like my outfit when I was a baby, apparently I would cry. <laughs> and I always wanted to wear a hat and sunglasses. Since there's pictures of me at six months old, and my father says that when they were you know, having me in the stroller, people would ask, how do you keep that on your baby? And my mother would say, she chose it. I have no idea. Um, but it's kind of funny because I even went to early childhood you know, uh, programs, yeah. one called Kitty College, okay. trying to get me to speak. Oh, and, um, but apparently, until all my outfits were complete, I was ready to say my first word. So. Really? <laughs> now, do you think a lot of that, even early on, was because of your keen observational skills that you have? I will tell you, I think that um, I've always been one that embraces and sees the beauty and everything that's right. in front of me. And I always like to look at it for and respect it for what it is. 
but what can we turn it into? And I learned that a lot from my mother. Yeah. Mm. Um, my mother is a great woman, and we used to go on treasure hunts, and that would mean oh. go find something and redo it, repurpose it, whether it is going to a great estate sale and you finding a piece of furniture and redoing it. And sure. she actually had a following in West Texas before we moved to Granbury. Oh, wow. And, um, for her style. From her style's perspective, more from the home. Yeah. And she always loved doing that. And that taught me from my perspective. I think that um, I grew up wanting every magazine had a great uncles that like my Tio Paco that was great in his own style. He's a hairstylist mm -hmm. and admired his sense of adventure mm -hmm. with style yeah. and not being afraid of it. And I think that yeah. that was fun. But also I went to a Catholic private school, so I had a uniform. Yes. Um, yes. Which a lot of people <laughs> love uniforms. We do love uniforms, but within it, I always had to find my individuality. Right. Gotcha. So you pop the collar like your collars pop now. It, pretty much. Always pop the collar, try to do something different. When it was picture day, yeah. I would go crazy. I was going to say, what did you do? Because I grew up in a town where, you know, about a third of the kids were Catholic right. and they wore outfits and no one really that I can recall really right. showed their personality. How do you do that when it's got to be monochromatic? And this is right. also back in the day where it was kind of, you may have had a nun still slapping your hand oh, from right and left rulers. handed. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, Sister Moss. <laughs> I remember her quite, quite vividly. I learned a lot from her. And the I think there was a tooth, uh, Right. There was a tooth that I swear got darker. Oh, no. if, we, <laughs> <laughs> if, she was, if we were in trouble. Um, so I, I think that, it teaches you confidence. I also mm -hmm. think that with a name like mine, Siklali, every first day of school, um, I had to dig in and be like, this is how you pronounce it. And right. and I was okay with it, but I was mm -hmm. also very fortunate that my father taught me pride within my name. Good. And, and what does your name mean? It means the Northern, excuse me, Northern Star or the Wishing Star. Oh, cool. Yes. So which that's is, one thing that why Which I is a guidepost star, right? Exactly. So people look is. to the North Star to find their way out of situations. Definitely. Yeah. Or into great style. Or into great style, <laughs> too. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, definitely. But I'll give you one tidbit of one story. Yeah. Is um, Being that we were Catholic, my grandmother had a lot of rosaries, and Madonna was big, and, you mm. know, like a virgin yeah. and all mm -hmm. that stuff. One of the times that I did get in trouble was I borrowed all of her rosaries and put them on my uniform and wore them to school in second grade and I was like singing like a virgin because yes. I thought it was like the Virgin Mary. Of course you were. So I did get in trouble for that wow. one to answer your yeah. question for your own individuality. I also have great cousins who are older than I am so I inherited some of their uniforms and every once in a while I would have to cut some up to make like a bow or something oh, cool. to make me unique. Yeah. Um, and I also went through my phase of loving the 50s. I mean, who didn't love Elvis right. Presley and everything like that? And there's uh, pictures of me literally wearing a poodle skirt and a ponytail because I wanted to make sure I looked like no one else for my cool class pictures. So I love just, that. It was just my way. I, yeah. I think you could um, evolve and just have fun with fashion. Yeah, and I think you're an old soul, too. Oh, always. So if you were that cognizant of 50s yeah. fashion as a child... You're an old soul. Oh, definitely, yeah. definitely. I, I think there weren't many girls show. running around with the little poodle skirts that were red because mine couldn't be pink <laughs> because everybody wow. else would have pink ones, so mine exactly. needed to be red. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, while we're talking about your childhood, I knew that Rob had a, a burning yeah. question. My burning question is: What is the first dollar you ever made? The first dollar I ever made was my lemonade stand. I will tell Love you that it. my um, grandmother literally made the best lemonade, and I tried to emulate it by having a lemonade stand. 
And I remember at that time, um, our lemonade was 10 cents and I had my little tights mm-hmm. table, my little, t- uh, little umbrella and I was outside and I was selling my lemonade and the little girl across the street the next day starts selling, start selling her lemonade as well. No, I'm sorry. Mine was 15 cents. Hers was 10 cents. So she undercut me by a nickel. <laughs> and I l- looked at my mom and dad go, oh, I can't believe she just did this. I thought we were friends. So then I invited her to come work at my lemonade stand. And now I was charging 20 cents. And yet I was still giving her 10 cents for the lemonade. And my mother goes, what just happened? I said, oh, I'm still paying her for all her lemonade. But now I'm making it. And now she sits there. And I come in. We do breaks. And I bring her lemonade. <laughs> Everyone wins. <laughs> and it was a win-win situation. Wow. So that really was, I would say, it might have not necessarily been a whole dollar that I right. made. But it was um, what I did. And that was how, in second grade. How old? Second grade. So you were seven, eight years yeah, old. Yeah, seven years wow. old doing that. I know. That's really cool. I will tell you that um, people always say, why do you think outside the box? Well, when you're not giving a box, it's easy to think outside of it. And I think that when your parents are immigrants to this country, you take, you you realize how um, important it is and the value of that. But also, quite frankly, I got that from my mom's mom. She was an entrepreneur in Mexico. Mm -hmm. And it was, and I learned a lot of my business acumen from my abuelita Josefina. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, thank you. And your business acumen has led you to where you are now. You work for a little store called Neiman Marcus. Yes. That little brand. That little brand, <laughs> you know. I will tell you, um, it's truly an honor and a privilege to work for such an amazing corporation. I am grateful to the day that Ken Downing came in um, and recruited me to come on board for to work for Neiman Marcus. And it has been a dream because I think that when you're from West Texas and right. then you move to Granbury, I always thought you had to be an attorney or a doctor to be successful. So even mm-hmm. though I loved fashion, right. I thought that that was what I had to do. Yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong, I love science and math and all those aspects as well. But this is a side of my creativity that I really love exploring. Yeah. And to get paid for it is really a dream come true. Wow. That's so exciting. And what's great is that you are creative every day oh. in that role as the public relations director, and you just had Annie Leibovitz in the store, you have all these really great legendary talents that come through that you're responsible for. I mean, David Yerman, you were so kind to ask me to do the Q&A with him, still, you know, a high point in my career. So uh, tell us about that creative process for you. Well, I will tell you that um, the biggest thing when you have a role as being the public relations manager um, for a corporation that's so legendary is every designer gives you what is their perspective on what they want to do. And I always see that as a baseline of where we're going to rise and how we're going to set ourselves apart. And I really learned that from Ken Downing and from Sandy Mm Marple from my time in corporate PR. Love both of them. Uh, Amazing legends to learn from. And I, it's when they, when somebody gives you a baseline, what are you going to do? So we literally take what I call their fashion Bible mm-hmm. and for each designer and say, okay, these are the things that they're asking us for, but then it's challenging the teams to think differently, think creatively. How are we going to add? What is the San Antonio perspective on this? Because at the end of the day, a designer, there's not that many direct flights from New York, <laughs> has right, come true. a long way yeah. to, to come to us. And we want to make sure we rise to the occasion. And quite frankly, that goes back to the legacy of Stanley Marcus. Mm-hmm. And 
treating everybody as amazingly as possible within our doors. Mm -hmm. And that includes every customer, whether you buy mints for $1.99 or a $10,000 ring. Mm -hmm. Um, Or both. Or or both. Yes. Uh, Both are always welcome. Well, I would hope, though, if you buy the ring, you get the mints for free. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) You haven't read Stanley Marcus's book, then, have you? Yes. But um, when it goes back to minding the store, and it's truly an honor and a privilege to work for a corporation that sees that as something that's key because at the end of the day, um, whether it be a designer or a customer, we want them to come back into the store and have an amazing time and right. feel like family. Right. Yeah. You know, I want everybody that comes into New York San Antonio to feel like cheers where yeah. everybody knows yeah. your name. That's right. <laughs> I think it's one of those things that that's what hopefully sets us apart. And it's also when it comes to the fashion, because I was always in math, I look at my fashion as a math game. And my mm-hmm. husband will laughs about this about me all the time. Uh, I'm a numbers person and a creative person, so I'm fascinated to hear about that. How do you do that? Well, I will tell you, um, before we travel on any vacation, um, my husband and I are known to um, go a couple places. When we go, um, I created this Excel spreadsheet, I know, for my fashion. And it's kind of like, you know, in style, like how many outfits can you put together with these eight items? Right. I love to play that game as much as possible. And then to utilize what Ken has taught us at Neiman Marcus and to be able to do that within a show, it makes the math game work a lot easier because you're looking at the probabilities Mm -hmm. of how it's going to work. How many ways could you reinvent it? Or can you layer upon it? So before I ever start pulling a show, I already have like a game plan in my mind Mm -hmm. as to what I've been looking. I've been scanning the store. And then it's like, okay, rolling runs. Let's just go at it for a while. And then like every great... um, you know, person that does anything creatively, I think you have to step away for a little bit yes. mm-hmm. and then look at it with fresh eyes the next yeah. day. A different perspective. Different perspective for sure. Yeah. And also not to forget our gut feeling. Because right. I think when you're doing math and different things, your yeah. your your gut's already telling you what the final answer is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Even before you've figured out the probabilities of it. Right. And I think that the same thing goes with an art form and creativity. Your gut will tell you when it's time to stop with something. Right. But it's just learning your intuition to follow it. Uh-huh. And, and a yeah. lot of people don't listen to their intuition. They, You know what? They don't. But I think it's like everything else. Everybody can. Mm-hmm. But right. um, I really started meditating about two years ago. Um, and I do that every morning. And I will Great. tell you that when you learn to ground yourself, it's interesting how your perspective changes. And yes. I feel as if, um, for me at least, it, it reminds me of whether my grandmother pr- would pray the rosary as well. It's mm-hmm. very a meditative practice. Sure. And I think that our mind is only, it's, it's another muscle. You have to work at it right. every day yep. to figure out what you can do with it. And right. also it's what are you bringing to everyone else that's around you? Are you mm-hmm. lifting everyone that's around mm-hmm. you? And I think that that's very important as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you've mentioned the style of your of, of how you view things and how mm-hmm. you created with this with the spreadsheet. Tell us about the style of San Antonio these days. Tell us what you're seeing and what you're loving and what it means to you. I will tell you, first of all, San Antonio is just like Texas, very proud mm-hmm. of its history, which is amazing. Um, and wonderful to see. What I'm seeing in San Antonio compared to when we first came to San Antonio, I was actually part of the team that was here to help open the store before it even opened. And it's beautiful to see the evolution of a city grow. Mm-hmm. I think that um, everybody, there's always been galas or different things. I think also with publications like yourself before is brilliant and Society Diaries and now Society Texas, mm-hmm. which I'm so excited about. Thank you. Um, I think it's exciting to see the growth of it, where people right. are now wanting to take risks. And I yes. think 
um, we're celebrating everybody's uniqueness. Not, um, and that to me is wonderful. Um, I know when I first moved to San Antonio, people kept on asking me what school I went to, and I thought it was the university, and at first I meant the high school. And that just oh. spoke to how close-knit San Antonio is, right. that people stayed here generationally, which is wonderful. It's not like that. In Dallas, it wasn't that way. Mm-mm. Or um, anywhere else, really. Yeah, that I've, that I've seen. Yeah. And that is wonderful to celebrate it, but also I love that, you know, as they're looking at their own individuality, they're taking risks and being more expressive. And I would say, such as like Jim Foster, who works in couture for us, um, our couture manager, has done a great job of bringing more modernist designers like Stella McCartney, Mm -hmm. um, Johanna Ortiz, um, Etro, those designers that are giving everybody a little bit of a flavor. So that way you don't have to dress so conservatively, you can actually take a risk and have fun and be youthful. And if you are going to a vintage shop, you're looking for that unique piece that's going to be yours and layering it with something else. And I think it's an an exciting time too because you're seeing the growth in Southtown. Mm -hmm. You're seeing the growth in Alamo Heights. You've seen the growth in the Dominion. Um, You've seen San Antonio surpassed Houston. I know several years ago it was in the LA Times for private planes coming in from Mexico. And that's also a big influence. Um, happening in fashion here. Yeah. So I would say San Antonio is like that perfect melting pot on the explosion of growth. Mm-hmm. And what's been wonderful is the art community has been integrated into the fabric of San Antonio. Right. And because of that, everybody looks at that. And I think that San Antonio has been very supportive of local artists, yeah. mm-hmm. um, which is great. So now as that's growing even more exponentially with Richard Astor at the McNay, with Katie Luber at the San Antonio Museum of Art, as all those institutions, Paulo One at Southwest School of Art, as all of them are growing, people are really getting into having fun with it too. Mm-hmm. Because there's fun on their walls, so yeah. why shouldn't there be fun in their closet too? Amen. Absolutely. That. Yeah, yes. that's so true. Well, and, and San Antonio has always been known for its visual arts and its patronage of it. Yes, definitely. People who love it, collect it, can help steward it as well. Oh, definitely. And I will tell you that um, my husband actually started our art collection before I officially moved to San Antonio um, of buying some local art here. We had a collection. I bought my first piece when I was 21. And I will tell you that it's something that is so special for us mm-hmm. that every year it's what is the piece that we're going to get this year wow, to great. incorporate. Nice. And um, and it's just wonderful. And that's also what I love about New and Marcus is when we look at our walls, the art is there, was commissioned for this building right. for a purpose. And that's exciting for us. Yeah, you utilize local artists. Yes. Which is really important. No, and definitely. We, know, we all know some of those local artists. Yeah, yeah that's Penelope really exciting. Spear and all Absolutely. them yeah. who are Brad Ellis. wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Tracy yeah. Williams, yeah. Tracy Williams, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, she's wonderful, yeah. too. Yes. Yeah. So you were talking earlier, you know, you've been in San Antonio 13 years. I've mm-hmm. been in Austin 15 years. And one thing is Texas has about 1,000 people moving every day. Right. What's a piece of advice you give to someone who is moving into a new city as to how to dial in and really make an impact in their community? Because you've, you've really done that really well. <laughs> you're so sweet. I will tell you that I always think that when you're doing good things, good things come to you and doors open up to you. And I um, always would say that starting with philanthropy first okay. is the best way to get involved. Mm-hmm. What is it that tugs at your heartstrings? For me, it's art, but for many others, it's many other great causes. Right. There's mm-hmm. now something for everybody, which is wonderful, and as it should be, to explore that passion because you're going to find like-minded individuals there 
who you're going to want to go to a dinner party with or you're yeah. going to want to go and explore the city with. I would also say go find out. There's such a great local flavor with the restaurant scenes going on right mm-hmm. now. Right. Go and explore that. My husband and I, we try to go at least once a month to a place we've never gone to before. Oh, that's, that's great. That's locally owned just to really try to figure out what is the newest and greatest and, and how did we do it but or how did they do it. But what's great is when you can go get a chef's table Mm-hmm. Um, because when you're sitting there, you're seated most likely with some strangers next to you. So if you're by yourself, it's great because there's right. going to be somebody else right next to you. Who loves but food. Who loves yeah. food. Yeah. And you have and a commonality. And you're going to be able to have a yeah. conversation. Yeah. And also, don't forget to be a tourist in your own town. I think that too many times um, we have to leave to appreciate what's here. Mm-hmm. Yes. And in a city like San Antonio that's just vibrantly beautiful, such as Austin mm-hmm. as well, I, I think that we're all going to other places that are quote unquote Instagrammable, but the right. reality is the building next to you could be Instagrammable if you really look at the architecture. Yeah. It could be the wall, the beautiful wall that I'm seeing mm-hmm. here inside the Hotel Valencia. Mm-hmm. Um, it's go and explore that. And I think that there's great, um, such as your podcast and listening to what is that local flavor that right. is here. And I think also with the internet now, it's much easier. Um, and it's interesting going back to Annie Leibovitz. I have to tell you, Lance, that she paid you all a great compliment because when Rosanna was there with her talking to Mrs. Leibovitz about it, she goes, I, I, your magazine was in my hotel. She goes, I know your magazine. And so that's a compliment to what you're doing that when oh, Mrs. Great. Leibovitz is complimenting right. your work, the world's greatest you, photographer, yeah. <laughs> the world's greatest photographer is yeah. complimenting what you're doing. And I think that that's what makes it um, exciting and unique. And don't be afraid to say hello to a stranger. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think, Good point. Um, too many How many times, strangers do you talk to a day? As many as I can. I would imagine. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, there's nothing that can be said no to with a genuine smile. Sure. Um, and at the end of the day, if you want to greet the world, the world will greet you. Right. So I feel like um, the my mother used to say that I would talk to a tree if it would talk back to me when I was uh-huh. a child. So uh-huh. it might have been just the way <laughs> I always was. Um, but I, I think that um, it's important to say hello to strangers because they could be your next best friend. That's Absolutely right. true. Um, Absolutely. You know, and just start with something common that you have with that person. I think that speaks to the welcoming nature of San Antonio. Yes. I think you speak to that as well. Now, you've seen a lot of changes since you've been here in the social world, in the mm-hmm. philanthropic world. Yeah. Tell us about that evolution of what you saw and what you're seeing now as far as engagement, style, you know, things like that. Well, I think a lot of the organizations have had to re-diversify themselves. Mm-hmm. I think in after 2008, everybody had to do yes. business differently, and which is not a problem. It doesn't mean they were doing anything wrong before. It just meant thinking outside the box because sure. something had been successful for a while. And I think a lot of the organizations have really diversified the zip codes and there's such a growth in right. San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Um, I put that not just because of Ramiro, but I think the Public Library Foundation has done an amazing job uh, oh for that. Yes. That but gala be- was so much fun. Oh, that, so that you all it, well, it was so cool. Wow. Like, the fact that it was in the library itself Thank was you. just a well, really... I felt, I felt smarter just walking in. <laughs> I did. <laughs> right, <laughs> around all those books. Good. And it and was a know. costume party. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was just amazing. Well, and being from the Northeast, I'd never really experienced a Katrina ball before. Yes. Certainly not one done at the level that the, that 
that yours was. I mean, it was Thank really you. phenomenal. We had a fantastic time from the caricature artists, from the way that the, you know, the, the food weaved in with the library stacks uh-huh. and the food station. It was really just so smart. And mm-hmm. you could tell every detail was really just paid so close attention to. Well, thank you, because I know you all go to everything, so that means a lot to me. You're my Annie Leibovitz moment um, right yeah. now, um, because you literally go to everything. So thank you. What a great oh, you're compliment. You're very kind to say that. It's I true. Will, I will tell you that um, my uh, co-chairs, um, Heather DeRojas and Amy Fight Garcia, were a dream to work with. And when you have three great women that get along so well and right. we can all have a good time, great things happen. As well, Brianna Kirk, who works for the Public Library Foundation, was great in executing all of our ideas. And um, and Tracy Bennett, who's amazing, mm-hmm. who's the president of the foundation. But then also our Katrina and our Katrina, um, Anna Paula Watson and yes. Rick Liberto. They are nothing They're but trouble. They <laughs> are amazing <laughs> fun. And I will tell you that um, the reason that it was great was because all of us came together with great ideas. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that's what institutions have been doing. And the Katrina Ball, I love that you can have fun with fashion. Yeah. You can really celebrate culture um, on all levels, literary yeah. as well as literally culture from Mexico. Um, but at the same time, it was, I think that Paulo Cuello has a really good book, uh, his book, The Alchemist, that I read mm-hmm. when I was younger. And I reread it Which every once in a while. making into a, yeah. a, a TV series. Okay, yeah, they good. are. Yeah. And you're going to an opening. And I heard I'm your guest, right? That's right. Okay, good. You <laughs> heard it here, yes. right? Yes. Podcast. Always our okay, plus good. one or a plus please, two. Or okay. let, let me add myself in there. Um, was I you, but he has a quote in that book and it's um, called, um, uh, and it says that when you're on the right path, the universe conspires to help, to help you. Excuse mm-hmm. me. And I really say that that's the culmination of the Katrina Ball is the Latino Collection Resource Center at our central library is one of the only ones that exists in the U.S. Mm. So it's 7,000 square feet dedicated towards Latino literature. Why is that important? Because education is important, and I want children to see their last names within books yes. and inspire them to be future writers. So that way we have a future Sandra Cisneros um, here in San Antonio. And I think it's interesting. I will tell you that the artists that came on board for the event were amazing. You have Rex Hausman, who has an yes. exhibit in oh New gosh, York yes. coming. You have Ana Fernandez, who is um, at the Art Pace. I mean, there's just such a culmination of great energy from mm-hmm. them that the night really came together. But I will tell you that to me, my biggest thing of what we were all so excited about is yes, we reached our financial goal because that's yes. always important for an, for an institution. Yeah. But most importantly is from after the Katrina ball to the month of January, because we went and we had a little reception. Emma, who's amazing, who runs the Latino Collection Research Centers, said that from the gala, it gone up 230% wow. of visitors. You're kidding. And from their programming, and that they were having to turn people away because it was that full. Wow, that's incredible. And that incredible. just goes to what a great philanthropic event happens, I think. Because sometimes, you know, people say, why do you spend so much money on a party? Why do you do this? There's so many avenues. And at the end of the day, I look at it as marketing for right. an organization, for an institution. And it's amazing to see that develop even much more. So maybe one of these days you can do one of your podcasts from there too. <laughs> yeah, it's a fabulous I would place. love yeah, to. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great idea. Yeah, that really is a good yeah. idea. But going back to what you were saying, that's what I'm seeing within organizations in philanthropy in San Antonio mm-hmm. is before in San Antonio, our restaurant scene was fairly new. Mm-hmm. It came, you know, with the CIA school that started mm-hmm. here, um, which we're so grateful for, to the Pearl that's been developed. Yes. Um, so excited for that as well. It's a destination. Well. It's a destination. But it's added, added such a fabric to San Antonio by cel- by celebrating what was here, but elevating right, it right. as well. Yeah. That 
now organizations have to compete with an evening scene and night yeah. scene, you know, because before it was more like you came to the Riverwalk or you went to a friend's di- or dinner yeah. or different things. Because um, ev- San Antonio is really well known for entertaining within their home, which is fantastic right. as mm-hmm. well. Um, but what so what I'm seeing now within organizations is that they're having to think about, oh, is the chef having uh, having an opening or what are we doing to be unique and different? Right. Because at the end of the day, my donor can choose to come to my event or just give a donation. Right. Mm-hmm. And events are organic and you need it to feed off of each other and for it to grow together because whoever's coming as a guest could be a potential future donor to absolutely. your organization as well. And people want to have fun. They absolutely do. They want to yes. have a great experience. And I think well, you more than offered that. Awesome. I completely and agree. Your team. And yeah. I think you brought up something when you were explaining your explanation that's really important that I think a lot of people lose sight of. And that is oftentimes people will be so laser focused on a gala they don't think to tie in the organization the right. other 364 right. days a year what's one piece of advice you would give to somebody who's maybe chairing their first gala to do that and make that successful I will tell you um, two things one is we had a meeting with our committee at the library because even though they're great philanthropists not everybody had been inside the central library they might have okay. been at their local one mm-hmm. and their eyes including mine just kept on being opened up to what goes on to your point all year long every day yeah. and why it's important to us um the other thing is we had a follow-up thank you reception for the artist months afterwards okay. there to keep that message going mm-hmm. and i think also don't forget the importance of media Yes. And making sure that I've heard that the media is important. Extremely important. <laughs> um, and I will tell you that um, because that message gets out beyond and it's and and it goes social media is great and it's organic. But the media that you all have is credibility. And I feel that when you have great media partners that are helping to build these organ the organizations and the events, you don't know who's going to be coming from that. We also had a great sure. friend of ours from New York. We partnered um, with the city of San Antonio. We're so grateful to them that they helped us bring Gabriel um, Rivera Barraza from yes. New York. Mm. And from that, there was coverage in Mexico City. There was coverage in Monterrey. And I was getting friends of mine from Mexico City saying, hey, I just saw your picture. You know, wow. That that nice. for, I love that. But what I love about it is it was exposure to our public library not necessarily a picture but it's more about what the public library is doing absolutely and that's exciting because i think sometimes people assume that once the party's over everything is done and now let's just plan the next year's gala it's what did we do and what how did it change lives Mm -hmm. and don't forget to meet with the staff Mm -hmm. of the of the institution they're doing their work every day and thanking them and making them part of it i will tell you one quick um, story is the day of the gala to tell you that even I can get lost in the gala as well. The day of the gala, Heather and I and Amy, we are um, helping with the flowers and stuff, mm-hmm. and our amazing visual team from Neiman Marcus was helping us with those. And, you know, we have in our vision, I'm just thinking of flowers. Am I going to be ready for my makeup appointment? Like all those things are sure. going through yeah, go, going right. through our head and making sure all the details are being done. And I get a call from my husband, Ramiro, saying, you need to come up to the third floor. And I'm like, I am in the middle of flowers right now. I have volunteers showing up in an hour. I have to make sure everything is done. He's like... Just 10 minutes, you all need to come up to the third floor. And I'm begrudgingly, unfortunately, yeah. have to admit to that since I'm in my vulnerability and authentic <laughs> yeah. stage right now. Said, okay, girls, my husband needs us upstairs. We need to go up there. But um, the I promise down. you, just 10 minutes, just put down the flowers yeah. and we'll come back. 
we walk up and there's about 30 children dressed because it was Halloween for them. And there's a person from the symphony who's giving them free violin lessons for the children. And they are doing their little recital. And these kids from the ages of three to wow. about 13 Incredible. are there. Are And not only are they playing the violin, they're like on one leg. They're doing exercise. And I'm going, I can barely walk and chew gum. <laughs> and, and, you know, and right now I'm worried about flowers. These children are incredible. We just all started crying yeah. from happiness sure. because to see that's what we were there for. That's right. The flowers, yes, were important, but to really see the children and gosh, I'm trying to hold back the tears right now, <laughs> <laughs> but, but to see a three-year-old child yeah. um, who had free exposure to music right. that had it not been for the public library, they yeah. wouldn't. Mm-hmm. is when I said, I still get chills this day saying, yeah. that's why we do this. That's right. why this is important. That's right. And thank God for the San Antonio Symphony, you know, mm-hmm. having a player that would volunteer their time to do that. And that really is what I think gave us the energy to go through everything else the rest of the evening. That's, that's so incredible. inspiring. And that it is speaks awesome. to the yeah. synergy of organizations yeah. here yeah. as well that thank help you. each other, which they, I think really matters. I will tell you, um, that's one thing that's unique that I love about San Antonio is how much everybody helps each other. Tell mm-hmm. you to give Tracy credit. She realized there wasn't a calendar that told charities when everybody was having something. So in the Public Library Foundation, she has an email distro to many different organizations. That way they can all see when their luncheons are happening yes. or different things to try right. to avoid crossover. Right. And I thought, how amazing that an institution came up with that. So that way they can all help each other yeah. versus right. it being right. like, oh, it has to be mine. Yeah. And I think that that um, speaks volumes to the great synergy that is within the city and what really yeah. makes it unique. It makes you feel at home every time you come in. I call yeah. it the celebrate and elevate factor. Oh, definitely. Right? So when definitely. we celebrate each other, we elevate each other. Exactly. Yeah. Which no, no, really definitely. Yeah. Which I think is what our friendship has been based I on. I think from so. The beginning. I've celebrated. I've, I've celebrated Zilali, yeah. and I've seen her <laughs> elevate because of it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and vice versa, oh, because I kind. will tell you, um, Lance and 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 Rob, and I'm so glad for your addition. I was so um, honored to be at your wedding. But I will tell you, you two, what you bring and your spirit that you bring to organizations, institutions, and to every event you visit is really something to be admired. You all are are so kind and amazing. And I have to, honestly, my kudos go off to you all. Because when you you all said you were interviewing me, I said, I almost thought to myself, I really should be interviewing you. Oh, you're funny. (laughs) Because, (laughs) no, it's true. Um, There's a genuineness that's there. And I've never forgotten that from the moment that we met. And from the moment I met you, too. And I'm just honestly grateful. (laughs) in San Antonio. (laughs) (laughs) Years ago. I mean, that's that's been a long time. It has, yeah. You know, I will tell you, um, I've been with the company going on 15 years in September. I'll have my quinceanera um, at New Marcus in in, in September. I may wear white that day to make sure. You've got to, for sure. It's fun. And I I honestly, I I need to say something to just to give credit to where credit is due. Um, Previous to working at Neiman Marcus, I'd worked at Hispanic Journal, done a show called Totalmente Latina. I was Mm -hmm. very happy. 9-11 happened. And I think all of us, we looked at our lives. Sure. Yes, uh, absolutely. With something absolutely. Um, that happened at that. And then there was different opportunities that um, were given to me to possibly go work at. And I said, nope, I want to stay home. Let me figure this out. And mm-hmm. I remember going to my father and there was an organization I'd given just minor um, donations to, but it was called Mi Escuelita Preschools and I had attended oh. their luncheon. And I remember going to my father and said, dad, they have a development director position. I think I'm going to apply. He goes, 
you are going to do what in the worst economy we've ever had? You're going to go raise money? I said, uh-huh. He goes, <laughs> well, I said, well, I always said I want to do the Peace Corps. I can afford myself for two years, so why not do this right. now? Yeah. If I'm going to do it, let me do it. Right. And so I remembered a meeting with an amazing woman, Carolyn Strickland, and us doing great events, and I learned so much from her. Uh, utmost respect for that institution yeah. and what it did. It's an early childhood uh, development program. And what I learned from that, with that being stated, when I came in, she goes, I think you're overly qualified. I said, I promise you, I will sign a contract that says two years. I will not leave you for two years. Wow. Whatever I do, if not, I will owe you. You know, right. to kind of please invest in me. I, I really need to do this for my soul. Um, and so we did that. I kid you not that two years to the day was when I got a call that says Neiman Marcus wants to give a check to this program. And I said, huh. oh, my gosh. I was so excited, and the the young lady that was calling me said, oh, it's only a $5,000 check, and I'm like, you don't understand. For right. us, hmm. and in Dallas, you're the good housekeeping stamp of approval. Right. This will open yeah. up many other doors. No, you Absolutely. need to come. And she said, no, well, I don't take no's so well. So then I called Ken's office, and Mrs. Ann answered the phone, and I told her about my idea. I said, Mrs. Ann, I would love for Ken Downing to come and to, and to just read. All I need is five minutes for him to read a book to the children. I promise it will be a great media story. Can you please do this for me? She goes, oh, darling, of course I'll make this happen for you. Next wow. thing I know, <laughs> um, I'm... Ken is coming, and Ramiro and I had created um, a program in Dallas at the Latino Culture Center called mm -hmm. Latinos Read, which is a different mm -hmm. program. But um, so Ken comes in, and we have 10 news cameras inside this small little classroom, and he's reading, and I have the Scholastic Bookworm. I was so excited. That was my celebrity. It was a Scholastic Bookworm. <laughs> and so he's reading to the children, and we just had so much fun, and he was so kind to the kids. And, yeah. you know, when you meet Ken, he's like 6'2", so to a 3- and 4-year-old, yeah. I'm yeah. full of life. He really filled the room with his kindness. And that's really how we really officially met. And then I was telling him about the program that, that we were doing, Latinos Read, and thinking, you know, he could give us more money. Sure. So then uh, about a month later, he calls me. He goes, has this gentleman called you? I said, no. He goes, that's what I thought. Can you come have lunch with me? And I'm thinking, yay, they're going to give us more money and be yeah. our main underwriter. Sure. So I show up at the Zodiac, and of course, no to order the Mandarin Souffle, because that was Mr. Marcus's uh, favorite um, right. lunch. And so I go there, and he's like, are you done? And I'm like, Oh, gosh, I just really messed up this pitch. <laughs> and then he goes, no, no, no. He goes, there's an opportunity that I think you're perfect for, and I really want to ask you if you would consider applying to be our media manager in corporate PR and working with me. And I'm like, okay. And then I, the first thing came out of my lips were, I get eight weeks vacation. I've been a workaholic my entire life. I've never had eight weeks vacation. You yeah. know? And so needless to say, um, it was it was kind of funny because he appreciated how I think how honest I was right. and vice versa, but it was a great friendship that was created from there. And the next thing I know, um, there was something that was amazing I couldn't say no to, and I said yes, I would be happy to come be the media manager, and um, and interviewed with amazing individuals, Steve Kornichuk, Ginger Reader, who I learned so much from. And I will tell you that it was an amazing day. Our first day on the job was working with Tom Ford. Yeah. I was like, wow, is every day like this? <laughs> <Yeah>. Another <laughs> great Texan. Another great Texan. Yeah. And, um, and Ken really opened up my eyes to just how beautiful the world can really be through fashion, through Absolutely. doing business, but also that my role consists of philanthropic work as well, which is something that speaks volumes to me. And really, without all of that happening, you may not, you and Ramita would may not have been in San Antonio. Exactly. I mean, no. isn't that 
funny how the world works. You know, it goes back to that quote, when you're on the right path, the universe conspires to help you. And and definitely, um, because when, and it's so funny because when I, when we opened San Antonio, I had told the company, you know what, no, I'm staying here. I know Ken's probably going to be the fashion director next. I'm going to New York. You know, I'm, that's like my path. Right. Yeah. And so Ramiro moves to San Antonio first, and I'm like, okay, well, bye. You yeah. know? I'm sure there's more to it than that. A lot more yeah. to it than that. But um, he's a great man. Um, yes, but um, And so when he came to San Antonio, I just assumed I was going to stay in, in, in Dallas. And then we were opening the store, and that's where we kind of got to see each other again. And um, and then a year later, he proposes to, you know, proposes to me and asks me to to marry him. And I'm going, oh, okay. Now I have to go back into Ken's office and tell him, uh oh, I am moving to San Antonio. <laughs> sorry, a year later. And then Ken goes, well, the PR position just came open today too. He goes, we've been proposed to <laughs> twice. <laughs> Bingo. Bingo. So literally, the stars Love aligned yeah, perfectly, always. and I'm very grateful for it. Always. Where do you see yourself in five years? You know, where do I see myself in five years? Honestly, having more fun, more ball gowns. Is that possible? (laughs) More fun, more ball gowns? More more fun, more ball gowns. And honestly, really taking even more time to smell the roses. I um, see myself traveling even more with my husband. Um, It's something that is very important to both of us. But I will tell you that um, I'm fortunate that we are doing what we're doing. But at the same time, I know that there's many great things in life. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's where we're always searching Mm -hmm. for balance. So I really see myself doing more of that. And quite frankly, keeping my passion alive with the philanthropic organizations that I'm involved in. That's where I really see myself is what is that next wonderful Katrina ball that can come right. and how much more help can we give? Because yeah. it's all about, you know, the old thing about like saving the starfish. Mm-hmm. So what's this one little future starfish that we're going to do that we're going to all build some momentum behind That's and right. really help it grow and planting more seeds for fashion. That's Good. what I really Good. see myself um, doing. Well, well, and you're attached to FGI as well. Yes. Just oh. a quick nod to all of a your nod, talents. A and work total yeah. nod to FGI. And while we're on the, that subject, we're out, actually about out of time. Oh, oh no way. We could talk yes. all day. We could talk all day. We're having so much fun. Yeah, I know. We could talk all day. But in one word, what is one thing all stylish people have? I will say a sense of self. Perfect answer. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And I don't know anyone who has more of a sense of self than <laughs> Zilali Herrera Salazar. I can't I, say it as well as you do, but I try. You, Boni- no, you just do, call her Bonita, you do an amazing everyone. Job. Oh, yes. Bonita. I will always answer Bonita anytime. Um, and the reason I, I do want to expand upon that, the reason I say sense of self is um, everybody says, you know, you can always have somebody style you. But when you're working with a stylist, they're figuring out your personality. And not all right. of us are as evolved with that because of your career, because of different things and because of just stress or just different things in general. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Right. That's why you rely on experts like great personal shoppers at Neo mm-hmm. Marcus for us to figure out what is the best sense of yourself yeah. and how can we do that for you? Mm-hmm. You're busy. You're busy working. You're busy doing all these things and that's fine. You should be. Then allow us to come be your fashion experts. That's what we do best. And we, our job is to make sure that you look the best version of yourself yeah. and that you discover that within yourself. And when you can look in that mirror and really see, wow, I didn't know this was me that's who you always were. You just hadn't discovered it yet. 
I love it. I love it too. 112 years of Neiman Marcus, yes. right? 112 years of an amazing this legacy. Year. So it's it helped put Texas on the map, and you have helped put San Antonio on the map, oh, my dear. Thank you, sweet friend. So thank you so much for being you, and thanks for being our guest. Will you come back sometime? I would be honored to come back as okay. often as possible. And you won't cry as much then? <laughs> no, I <Okay>. won't. <laughs> I love it. Well, I'm Lance Avery Morgan. And I'm Rob Giardinelli, and we're signing off today from the Hotel Valencia in downtown San Antonio, Texas, for Success with Style, reminding you that great style starts by having a unique point of view. Have a great day, everyone. Bye, everyone.